Hello everyone, welcome to Lemnix Learning Bites. This is another special edition and once again we have Rita Slowgrove, organisational psychologist and LNOD manager for Fletcher Building Australia who's going to talk to us this time about staying connected, really connected with our community in times of change. Hi everyone. Today I want to talk about some tips and suggestions around how to connect with others in your community, your team or your family and how to stay connected in times of change because being connected and having a real sense of community is a real strong human need. We are social beings, we're designed to work well together, we're designed to rely on each other and to support each other and in particular in these past few weeks and months we found ourselves perhaps more isolated than ever. And so the need to reach out and connect is even stronger. And we're having to put more effort into doing so because our natural inclination to walk past someone at the water cooler or to bump into somebody at the shops or to walk past somebody's house and pop in to say hi is not necessarily as natural occurrence for us as it would have been perhaps last year. It's also a really important time when you are reaching out to someone to ensure that you really ask the right questions and then take the time to listen. Not just to wait for your turn to share your story or to wait to offer a valuable piece of advice, but to really hear them. And so I wanna run through some really good tips around what to do to stay connected, what questions to ask, what responses to listen out for, and what some things are that you can really do to help both yourself and those around you. So first of all, when you think about how we might connect more, particularly when we might be working from home or working with reduced staff or in a more isolated manner, it's not to try and connect with everyone you know as often as possible, but maybe pick a couple of people each day or even one person every day that you might reach out to. Or as someone enters your mind, think, I'm just going to see how they are. And when you do so, ask those questions. How are you going? And pause and listen for a response. If you know they're not going so well, use some form of observation. So, hey, I've noticed that you don't turn your camera on at the moment when usually you're a bit of a camera person. Or I've noticed you looking a bit upset. Is everything okay? Now, they may not want to talk to you and it may not be the time for them to do so, but that's all right. At least offering is certainly helpful. Some other things to remember when really staying connected is to lead with empathy. Always. You don't have to understand their situation. You don't even have to agree with it. But consider their point of view and start with empathy. To listen without judgment is to make all the difference to that person you're doing that for. And sometimes that's all that person needs, is to be able to hear you without judgment. And even better, to acknowledge by saying things like, that sounds tough. Yeah, that really sounds frustrating. Or I hear you. And if you listen to hear them and not just listen to respond, again, you'll have a more productive conversation and they will feel more supported. If you are remote, and you're having a real connection, catch up, try using your video chat as much as possible rather than necessarily turning it off. You don't have to do that all the time, but particularly if it's one-on-one and you can, it's really important that someone can see you and see your face. 
And you can see theirs. It's much easier to understand how someone's really feeling if you can see them. And if you can't see them physically, getting to see them virtually through a camera can be hugely helpful. Remember also that you're not a counsellor. You don't have to come up with the answers. You don't need to fix them. And in most cases, it's probably not a good idea for you to do so. Instead, maybe offer to connect them to someone who is qualified to offer them that support. Maybe it's EAP. Maybe it's your GP for a mental health care plan, which you can ask for and investigate. Anyone can. But don't go into a conversation thinking, I need to fix this for them because that's absolutely not what you need to do. Remember also to keep up your own resilience. It can be really tough to support others when your cup is empty. So sometimes the best thing you can do for other people is actually to build your own resilience yourself. You know, I was given a wonderful piece of advice some years ago by my brother actually, who said, you don't have to be tough all the time. You just need to know when it's your turn. When it's your turn to step up and support others. Because then you know that when your cup is empty and you need help, you can reach out. And if you're a close-knit community or team or family or friends, you can create that relationship where when one person drops down, the others pull them up. Remember also that people will generally speak to you in confidence, so respect that. You know, if you do need to ask somebody else or you do need to share a story in order to help either debrief or ask for advice, you can do so without necessarily breaking their confidence. And it's important that you keep that. They've, they've shared that with you. Now, if you think they may be at harm, in harm, or you think they may be in distress, of course, you will need to escalate that, but let them know that. Or maybe ask their permission to share their story with somebody in the aid of helping. Remember also that the person needing help isn't the only person who can help call the helplines. You can call EAP about somebody else and ask for advice. You can call Lifeline, Beyond Blue, Black Dog and ask the same. It's okay to say, I have a friend who, or can you help me give some advice to somebody who? In fact, we should all be doing that much more often. Remembering also that for those who are at home, perhaps more than they'd like to be, perhaps working from home um, or still in lockdown, you may find that the weekends for them are tougher than the weekdays because there's less purpose for them. They don't have work to focus on. And the weekends are generally the time when people let their hair down, go out, exercise, socialise. And in times, particularly this year, a lot of people are finding they can't do those things. They can't see the people they normally see. So if you are worried about someone, I would recommend connecting with them on a Friday or a Monday because the weekends can be tough. And if you are unsure at any stage what to do, reach out yourself and ask for help. Remember also to follow up. If you've had a conversation with someone and you may be a little bit worried, say to them, you know what, I'm going to call you in a couple of days. Was that all right? And then do that. Just check in, send them a message, let them know you're thinking of them. You don't have to dedicate huge amounts of time, but just follow up. So what are some responses to listen out for? Generally, we are listening for responses that elicit hopelessness and maybe feelings of overwhelmed, maybe confusion. 
So maybe some responses such as, I'm so worried about, I don't know what we're going to do. I haven't been outside for X amount of days, regardless of whether you're in restrictions or not. I'm lonely. Someone else in my family is really struggling. Now that's a key one. Because if someone else close to you is struggling, it might as well be you. Because you feel so connected to them. If somebody else is deeply depressed or anxious or worried or stressed, it rubs off on you, it's contagious. So if you hear someone saying they're really worried about someone that they love or care for, treat that as if it's them and offer to support them just the same. I'm so angry. I'm so tired. This is never going to end. Now, when we talk about supporting people and reaching out, most of the time a conversation is going to do the world of good. Some light suggestions, just that need to reach out and let people know that they're not alone Maybe all you need, but every now and then we have what we call a CPR moment. And that'll be a moment when you realize this is an emergency and this person may need significant help right now. And one of those key indicators can be if somebody is disoriented, very confused or very distressed. Maybe they're rambling, maybe they're not making any sense. It's a really good indicator that they need help now. And I'll talk to you in a little bit about what you can do if you find yourself in a CPR moment. Now, this is a lot like general first aid. You may learn CPR and you may never use it because most of the time your first aid is minor and you're just connect, waiting and supporting that person until they can, you can connect them to the right people. But I'm going to prepare you for that CPR moment just in case. So what are some questions you can ask? You know, you've asked them if they're okay They've given you some responses or maybe you're just having a conversation and you just want to check in on them. Ask some questions that really elicit some description because it gives you a better idea of where they're at. So maybe you can ask questions such as what is happening at your place today? Who can give you some support right now? Tell me more about who is with you right now. Have they got anyone else nearby? Who would give you the most support right now? You know, is there someone or something you can connect with that makes you happy? And what can I do to help? We could also talk about helping them reframe around focusing on what they can control rather than what they can't. Because as, you know, as I talk about a lot, locus of control is something that is particularly important. We spend a lot of time worrying about the things that are outside our control and it causes us deep anxiety. Why? because we can't control it, because it's uncertain, because it lacks clarity and direction. And let's be honest, for the majority of 2020, we've been very unclear. We don't know what's happening and we don't know what will happen. And that can be the source of a lot of anxiety. So sometimes focusing on what is within our control, what we think, feel, say and do, can actually give us power and can give us a little bit more of control and resilience, such as choosing what social media we tap into choosing when we sleep and when we wait, choosing when we exercise, choosing what we say to our children and our family and choosing who we spend more time with. So what are some actions you can suggest? Well, I don't suggest um, offering solutions all of the time, particularly if you don't feel you're an expert. You can say things such as, hey, look, I found that. X, Y, Z works really well for me. Maybe it's breathing. Maybe it's taking a walk. Maybe you could do that. If they don't have a support network, 
the number one priority for you is to help them to create one. Who have they got? Most of us are not wired to be alone. And sometimes when we are worried or stressed or anxious, we find ourselves alone. And sometimes it can be really hard for us to think by ourselves around who we can connect with. So if you're that person who's reached out and asked those questions, you can make some suggestions around people they can connect with. Is your neighbour nice? What are they up to? Who would you normally go out and see on the weekend? Where are they? Do you have friends or family nearby? And if not, can you connect with them virtually? You can also suggest catch-ups that are not work-related. Now, I know everyone was really enthusiastic earlier in the year around this sort of thing. Keep it going. We're still in that situation. Keep them going. They're hugely valuable. You could suggest people start a gratitude journal. I started one. I bought a $3 book, and every day I wrote three things I was grateful for. And immediately it forced me to change my perspective and think about the little things and the little wins rather than worrying about those big bad things that I couldn't control. And it really helps me gain perspective. You could offer to make an EAP appointment for somebody else. You can offer to go with them to the GP or book a GP appointment for them if that is something that you're able to do. Send them to websites. There's a wonderful government website called Head to Health. There's Lifeline, there's Black Dog. There's a lot of really great websites that can help and give great information because I think the most important message when you are connecting with people is that you are not alone. You know, I think statistics in Australia say that on average 20% of people are currently dealing with some kind of anxiety or worry. Safe to say in 2020 that number would easily be double. Now we did talk about what might happen if you find yourself in a CPR moment. And if you do, maybe you're on the phone or you're with someone face to face, this is unlikely to be something that you're really on the fence about. Should I or shouldn't I do something? If they're in distress, if they're confused, if they need you, you'll know if it's an emergency. And there's only a couple of things you need to do. First of all, find out where that person is if they're not right in front of you. Get an address. Secondly, if possible, get somebody else to call emergency. Why? Because that person needs you. That person needs you to listen. That person needs you to acknowledge. That person needs you to really hear them. Now, if it's not possible, of course, you're going to need to hang up and call emergency. But do everything you can to ensure you can get somebody else to do that. While you stay on the call, and you stay on that call right up until you hear someone at the other end of that phone be there for that person. And that's all you need to do. Because when you're working in first aid and you're giving someone CPR, that's all you need to do then. You need to do CPR, stay with them until help comes. Now, when saying that, it's unlikely you will even come across a CPR moment. But just like first aid, it's nice to be prepared. So when we are connecting, if I can really summarise, is that we are social beings. We are designed to be together. We are designed to support each other. So don't ever think you need to do this alone. Now, sometimes when you're low in resilience, it can really be hard to think like that. So if you are feeling above the line, if you're feeling resilient and strong, maybe reach out to somebody else and check on them. So that when you are feeling low yourself, maybe your cup is empty, 
you can reach out and ask for help. Keep the dialogue going. Keep the support going. And when you ask if someone's okay, really hear them. Lead with empathy. Remove all judgment. And let people know they're in a safe space. Thanks, everyone.